Chapter 9 of The Magic Mimics in Oz by Jack Snow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Mr. and Mrs. Hilo. Step right in, folks. Watch your step, miss. We're on our way up. Next stop, the top. Only two stops, bottom and top. Next stop's the top. The little man spoke with an air of importance as he smiled at Dorothy and the wizard from the stool on which he was perched in the car which the opening of the stone wall had revealed. They peered at him curiously. "'Shall we go in?' asked Dorothy, drawing a deep breath. "'To be sure,' said the wizard. "'Anything is better than this stone prison.' "'Ah, a philosopher and a wise one, too,' remarked the little man. As soon as Dorothy and the wizard were in the elevator, for such it proved to be, the stone door swung shut. At once the little man pressed one of several buttons on the side of the car, and again they heard the whirring sound which had puzzled them in the cavern. Dorothy concluded it was caused by the machinery that operated the elevator. The little car was shooting upward with a speed that caused her ears to ring. "'Just swallow several times,' advised the wizard, sensing Dorothy's discomfort. "'That will make equal the air pressure inside and outside your body. "'It's a trick I learned when I went up in my balloon to draw crowds to the circus back in Omaha.' Dorothy did as the wizard suggested, and found the ringing sensation disappeared. "'Who are you?' asked the wizard, gazing curiously at the little man. "'And where are you taking us?' "'You don't know who I am?' exclaimed the little man with surprise. "'After all, you know, you did ring for the elevator, and since I am the elevator operator, naturally I answered. "'Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Hi-Lo, and I am taking you to the only other place the elevator goes except for the bottom, and that's to the top of Mount Illuso. I assure you it's a far better place than the bottom.' While he spoke, Dorothy had been regarding the little man, who called himself Hilo. He was very short, his head coming only to Dorothy's waist. He was dressed in a bright blue uniform with big gold buttons. A red cap was perched at a jaunty angle on his head. His face was round, and his cheeks as rosy as two apples. His blue eyes were very bright and friendly. But the oddest thing about him was that his clothes appeared to be a part of his body, as though they were painted on, and Dorothy concluded he was most certainly made of some substance other than flesh and blood. "'Ah, I see I've aroused your interest,' remarked the little man with satisfaction. "'Well, I'm proud to tell you that I am made of the finest white pine,' and painted with quick-drying four-hour enamel that flows easily from the brush and is guaranteed not to chip, crack, craze, or peel. I'm easily washable, too. Spots and stains wipe off in a jiffy with a damp cloth or sponge. No rubbing or scrubbing for me. And I suppose, Hilo concluded vainly, you've already admired my rich, glossy finish and beautiful rainbow colors. Dorothy smiled at this speech, and the wizard asked, "'Tell me, Hilo, do people live on the top of Mount Illuso?' 
Of course, Hilo replied in his cheerful voice. We have a thriving community of folks. Pineville, it's called. But we're all very happy and contented, he went on hastily. There's not a lonesome pine among us, although there are several trails on the mountaintop. But are there no flesh-and-blood folks like us? queried the wizard. Before Hilo could answer, the elevator came to an abrupt stop. Here we are, announced Hilo cheerily. He pressed another button. The door of the elevator swung open, and Hilo called, All out, all out, top floor, all kinds of wooden goods, the best pine to be had, pine tables, pine chairs, pine houses, and pine people. Dorothy and the wizard stepped from the elevator and surveyed the scene before them. Yes, this was certainly the top of Mount Illuso. The elevator exit was in a large stone wall, at least ten feet in height, that appeared to circle the edge of the mountaintop. Before them spread a dense pine forest, while a small path led from the elevator to a tiny cottage that stood nearby. The cottage was painted bright blue with trim white shutters, and smoke was rising cheerily from its red brick chimney. "'Right this way. Just follow me, folks,' said Hilo, trotting along the path to the cottage, his little wooden legs moving with surprising speed. "'Mrs. Hilo will certainly be surprised to see you. You are a real event, the very first visitors we have ever had from down below.' As they approached the tiny cottage, the front door swung open, and a little woman stood in the doorway. She was even smaller than Hilo, and like him was made of wood and painted with the same bright enamels. She wore a blue and white apron over a red polka dot dress. On her head was a trim little lace cap. "'My goodness!' she beamed. "'Visitors at last! Do come in and make yourselves comfortable!' The wizard found it necessary to bend over to get in the doorway, so small was the cottage. Once inside, his head nearly touched the ceiling. The cottage was neatly and attractively furnished with comfortable pine chairs, tables, and a large davenport drawn before a fireplace on which a log fire crackled cheerfully. The air was sharp on the mountaintop, so the bright fire was a welcome sight to the two wanderers. All the furniture glowed with the cheerful, gaudy hues of glossy enamel. Dorothy thought that the wholesome aroma of pine scent that filled the cottage was especially delightful. "'Great pine cones!' exclaimed Mrs. Hilo. "'You must be half-starved. I'll get you something to eat in no time at all. Tell me, would you like a delicious cross-cut of pine steak?' with pine-dust pudding, fresh crisp pine-needle salad with turpentine dressing, and a strawberry pine-cone for dessert? Dorothy almost laughed aloud at this strange food, but the little wizard answered courteously, You are most kind, madam, but I fear our systems would not be able to digest the delicacies you suggest. Perhaps you have something that meat folk like us could eat? Of course, cried Mistress Hilo. How stupid of me! You are meat folks, too bad, she added critically. It must be a terrible bother to take off and put on all those clothes, and to keep your hair trimmed and your nails pared. 
Now, mother, let's not draw unkind comparisons, cautioned Hilo diplomatically, as he settled himself into a comfortable chair. None of us is perfect, you know. Remember that spring when you sprouted a green twig on your right shoulder? <laughs> you are right, said Mrs. Hilo with a laugh. We all have our weak points. And with that the little lady bustled off into the kitchen. Dorothy and the wizard sat down gingerly on two of the largest chairs the room contained, but small as the chairs were, they proved quite sturdy and readily supported their weight. "'Is there any way,' asked the wizard, "'that we can leave this mountaintop?' Hilo sat bolt upright in his chair and stared at the wizard in amazement. "'Leave the mountaintop?' he repeated as if he couldn't believe his own ears. Do I understand you to say that you want to leave this delightful place, this most favorite spot in the universe? We do, said the wizard emphatically. Our home is in the land of Oz, and we desire to return there as quickly as possible. But why? asked Hilo. No place could be as delightful as this mountaintop. Just wait until you have become acquainted with it, our healthful, refreshing climate, our beautiful pine forest, our handsome village of Pineville, and its delightful people. Have you ever been anywhere else? asked the wizard quietly. No, never, but— Then permit me to say, replied the wizard, that you are not qualified to judge. Little Dorothy and I have traveled in many strange lands all over the world, and we prefer the land of Oz for our home. Well— "'Everyone to his own taste, of course,' muttered Hilo, unconvinced and a trifle crestfallen. Just then Mrs. Hilo re-entered the room, bearing a tray laden with steaming hot foods. At her invitation Dorothy and the wizard pulled their chairs up to the table, and Mrs. Hilo served the food on gleaming white enameled pine platters and dishes. There was savory vegetable soup, scrambled eggs, cheese— lettuce and tomato salad, chocolate layer cake, and lemonade. The food was delicious, and as Dorothy and the wizard had not eaten since breakfast, and it was now nearly evening, they did full justice to the meal. Mr. and Mrs. Hilo looked on with polite curiosity, marveling that the strangers could enjoy such odd food. When they had finished, the wizard sighed with satisfaction and sat back in his chair. "'Where did you get this excellent food, if there are no human beings on the mountaintop?' he asked. "'Oh, but there is one meat person like yourselves on Mount Illuso,' said Mrs. Hilo. "'She is our ruler, and many years ago she gave me the magic recipe for the preparation of human food. "'As you are the first human visitors we have ever had, this is the first time I have had occasion to use the recipe.' "'Who is this ruler of yours?' inquired Dorothy. "'She is a beautiful fairy princess named Ozana,' Hilo replied. "'Ozana!' exclaimed Dorothy. "'Wizard, did you hear that? Ozana! Doesn't that sound an awful lot like an Oz name?' "'It certainly does,' agreed the little man. "'May we see this Princess Ozana of yours?' he asked Hilo. I was about to mention, replied Hilo, that it was Ozana's orders when she appointed me keeper of the elevator 
that I was to instruct any passengers I might have to seek her out at her home in Pineville. Oh, let's go see her right away, exclaimed Dorothy excitedly. Not tonight, objected Hilo. You would never find your way through the pine forest in the dark. You may stay with us tonight and be on your way to see Princess Ozana early in the morning. Dorothy and the wizard could offer no objection to this sensible and kindly offer of hospitality. Since it was now dark outside and the little cottage was cheerful and cozy with the log fire casting dancing reflections in the brightly enameled furniture, they were quite content to spend the night there. After several more questions about the ruler who called herself Ozana, Dorothy and the wizard decided that Hilo and his wife knew nothing more beyond the facts that Princess Ozana had created the pine folks and built the village for them to live in. "'Have you and Hilo always lived here alone?' Dorothy asked Mrs. Hilo. The little woman's expression was sad as she answered, "'No. Once we had a son.' He was not a very good boy and was continually getting into mischief. Uh, he was the only one of our wooden folks who was ever discontented with life here on Mount Iluso. He wanted to travel and see the world. We could do nothing at all with him. Mrs. Hilo sighed and continued. Uh, one day a friendly stork paused in a long flight to rest on Mount Iluso and the naughty boy persuaded the stork to carry him into the great outside world. From that time on we have never heard anything more of him. I often wonder what happened to our poor son, the little woman concluded in a sorrowful tone. How big was your boy? asked the wizard. Was he just a little shaver? Oh, no, replied Mrs. Hilo. He was almost fully grown, a young stripling, I should call him. And was his name Charlie? inquired the wizard thoughtfully. Yes, yes, it was. Oh, tell me, sir, implored Mrs. Hilo, do you perchance know my son? Not personally, replied the wizard, but I can assure you, madam, that you have nothing to worry about where your son Charlie is concerned. That friendly stork knew his business and left Charlie on the right doorstep. The wizard had a small radio in his apartment in the royal palace in the Emerald City, which he sometimes turned on and listened to with much curiosity. But he never listened for long, as he was subject to headaches when listening to anything but good music. "'Oh, thank you!' exclaimed Mrs. Hilo. "'It is such a relief to know that our Charlie turned out all right after all. There were times,' the woman confessed, "'when I had a horrible suspicion that he was made from a bad grade of pine, knotty pine, you know.' "'There are those who share that opinion,' murmured the wizard. But Mistress Hilo was so overjoyed to hear of her son that she paid no attention to the wizard's words. Hilo, who seemed totally uninterested in this conversation concerning his wayward son, merely muttered, "'A bad one, that youngster,' and then yawned somewhat pointedly and remarked that since their beds were far too small for their guests to occupy, he and his wife would retire to their bedrooms, and Dorothy and the wizard would pass the night in the living room. Mrs. Hilo supplied them with warm blankets and soft pillows, and then she and Hilo bid them a happy good night. Dorothy made a snug bed on the davenport, 
while the wizard curled up cozily before the fire. Just before Dorothy dropped off to sleep, she asked, Do you suppose this Princess Ozana has any connection with Oz, wizard? It is possible, and then again the name may be merely a coincidence, my dear, the little man answered sleepily, so don't build your hopes too high. A moment later, Dorothy's eyes closed, and she was sound asleep, dreaming that Toto, in a bright blue uniform with big gold buttons and a little red cap, was operating the elevator and saying, Right this way, Dorothy. Step lively, please. Going up. Next stop, Princess Ozana. End of chapter 9